defensiveness on forgiveness. Matthew chapter 18 and verse 23 says, Jesus is saying, Therefore the kingdom of heaven is likened to a certain king which would take an account of his servants. And when he began to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed ten owed him 10,000 talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold in his wife and his children and all that he had and payment to be made. And the servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee. Then the Lord of the, that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. But that same servant went out and found one of his servants, fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and he took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorrow, and came and told unto the Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all the debt, because thou desirest me, shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant? even as I had pity on thee. And his Lord was wroth and delivered him unto the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. Jesus says, So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you. If ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their transgression. I want to talk to you tonight with the help of the Lord on forgiveness. Dear God, we love you. We praise you for this service. We thank you, Lord, for the, the, the Holy Ghost that has softened our hearts in this place tonight. God, I'm asking you, Lord, to help us, dear God, to take the word that you're giving us tonight and apply it to our lives so that we might have life and that we might have it more abundantly. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Can everyone say amen? Amen. You may be seated. Right out of the box, I'm going to say to you that forgiveness is simply a choice. It's a choice. To forgive is a choice. I was dealing with a situation one time, and a woman kept saying, I can't forgive them. I said, you can't or you won't. I can't forgive them. You can't or you won't. Praise God. Finally, she came to the decision, I won't forgive them. And my answer was then, that's what I wanted to hear. Because forgiveness is a choice. God doesn't ask us to do something that we can't do, right? Praise God. God doesn't ask us to try to accomplish something that we can't accomplish. But if we can accomplish it. You see, every one of us, has a will, and God will not cross that will. Praise God. He will not. That's why you've got to pray. 
because you've got to pray, Lord, my, thy will, my will be like thy will. As your will is, let my will be. Praise God. And so, amen, God will not cross it. And another thing I know about forgiveness is forgiveness is not a one-time thing. How many times, praise God, have you had something happen to you, someone done something to you, and then all of a sudden, amen, I remember when they did this 20 years ago, and now you're angry again over it. Forgiveness is not a one-time thing. Forgiveness is a 24-7 all the time, praise God. And then here's a good one the Lord gave me tonight. Praise God. And that is that unforgiveness, amen, can spread to others. There are times when someone is hurt, and maybe it might be a man in your life, it might be a woman in your life, it might be a father in your life, it might be a mother in your life, it might be a child in your life, it might be of a certain nationality of your life, or whatever. But praise God, because someone did something to you, you link it all together. You'll never like a man. You'll never like another woman. You'll never like, praise God, another preacher. Because a preacher did something to you, you'll never trust another preacher. You'll never trust another type of nation. You'll never trust another type of whatever, praise God, because that person hurt me. Amen. And I cannot forgive them. I cannot let forgiveness go. And so, praise God, everyone that is in that classification, amen, is marked in my life from now on. I cannot trust them. I was dealing with a woman one time, praise the Lord, and I finally stopped and I just, I said to her, I said, I want to tell you, I feel like you've been hurt By somebody in your life that you trusted, amen, as a man. And she said, you're right, I was. And I said, because, amen, I can feel the effects of you not trusting me. Praise the Lord. And so unforgiveness can cause you, amen, to classify or subconsciously, amen, put everyone in that position, Amen. And decide that you cannot trust them or you cannot go on. I'm telling you, there are bad preachers out there, praise the Lord. But not all preachers are bad. There are bad cops out there, but they're not all bad. Praise God. There are bad fathers out there, but they're not all bad. There's bad mothers out there. There's bad husbands. There's bad wives. There's bad all and all and all. But they're not all bad, praise God. And there are some that are good. Amen. And uh, the majority, I think, are good. But the thing of it is, amen, when you have, when you classify everybody in the same scenario, you cut your short of a lot of blessings God wants to give you. Praise God. A lot of blessings that can come down your path. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, one thing I know about forgiveness is, forgiveness is not saying you approve of what's done. You're not saying, it's okay what they did to me. You're not saying, praise God, that it's justified what was done. That's not what you're saying when you forgive. Forgiveness is not saying, praise God, that uh, what one has done, it doesn't need to be dealt with. It does need to be dealt with. But you see, here's a good, here's a good thought. And that is, all wrongdoings need to be made right. But there's a difference between justice and vengeance. 
There's a justice. The Bible tells us to have justice. Matter of fact, in the Old Testament, it says, praise God, that if a person is to be stoned, he's not to be stoned by the person that he hurt. Because that's vengeance. Praise the Lord. That's not justice, that's vengeance. Matter of fact, praise the Lord, Romans 12 and 19 said, Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place to... uh, but rather give place unto wrath. Praise God. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, and I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy hunger, feed him. Isn't that what God has done to you? We've all offended. I've offended and not known I've offended. Praise God. I've hurt people and not known I've hurt people. But God still feeds me. God still takes care of me. What he's saying is, he said, if somebody offends you, he said, and you have the ability to feed them, or you have the ability to take care of them, do it. Praise God. He goes on to say, praise God, if they thirst, give him a drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. And I don't care how much I studied that thing and read about it. I still don't understand that part of it. Some say, well, you know, you're heaping coals on their head. I I just don't, I could tell you ten things that I've read. But none of them I felt good about. But the second, next verse lets me know, praise God, that what he's saying is, amen, it, it leads from that verse. It says, be not overcome with evil. In other words, don't let evil Get in your heart and become evil. When somebody does something wrong to you, that's wrong and that's evil. When you let it get in your heart and you want to do something evil back to them, then you've become just as evil as they've become. And he's saying, don't let evil uh, take control of you. Don't become evil as they're becoming evil. But what you need to do is... Amen. You need to overcome evil with good. You need to do the good part and let them become evil. Or I'm sorry, let them stay evil. Amen. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's extending grace to someone who deserves the opposite. Amen. When you do that. When one has truly forgiven, then they have relinquished all the ability to bring a punishment to that person for the wrongdoing. It's not saying, praise God, that you feel like they did all right or they were okay. But what it is, is saying, praise the Lord, I am totally dislinking myself from them and I'm moving on. Many, many years ago, there was a, an attorney, and that's as far as I'm going to go with that, that did me wrong in a business deal. Did me horribly wrong in a business deal. And I lost about $600 or close to $1,000 we lost in, in a situation. And he did me wrong. And I had another business friend, a very, very wealthy business friend, praise the Lord, that said to me, he just simply said to me, he said, you know what, George? He said, I know that's a lot of money to you. But he said, the question is, he said, are you willing to cut your, car, cut your loss and just walk on and forget about it? Or are you going to let that to con- continue to destroy you? And I said to him, I said, you're right. 
So I, I just cut it, cut doing work for him, just totally cut him out of my life. And the very next moment or the very next day, praise God, I had forgot about it. It was done. I wasn't going back there. It wasn't affecting me anymore. I wasn't going to go through that anymore. I didn't have to deal with him. I didn't have the heartache or the pain or the whatever. And that's what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is, is saying, praise God, I am leaving this at the door of the Lord. And I am moving on from here. And it, this is not going to affect me anymore. It's not going to bring me down. You may have got my money, but you're not going to get my future. Praise God. Forgiveness is untying yourself from it. There was a story of a missionary that had a monkey that kept coming in and getting these special nuts in their, uh, in their camp. And every time the missionary is gone, the monkey came in and he got the nuts, praise the Lord, and he would get into their nuts and he was a very smart monkey. He knew how to get it. They set out some traps, but the monkey was uh, too smart for the traps. And so... Amen. What the missionary did was he said, I've got to devise a way to uh, get this monkey that he doesn't understand what's going on. So he took a coconut and he hewned out a hole in one side, praise God. And on the other side, he took a rope and he tied it to the inside of the coconut. And he put the most favorite nut of this monkey in this coconut. And he set it out there. And the monkey came up and he looked inside the coconut. And he saw the nut. He wanted the nut. He made his hands like this to get into the coconut. He got a hold of the nut. But when he proceeded to pull his hand back out, being it's now a fist, he was not able to get it out of the hole. And so the missionary said, we've got him. And they took the net and went after him. And the monkey screamed and hollered and ran. And the only far he could get was the far of the length of the rope. Let go of the nut, monkey. Let go of the nut. If you only let go of the nut, you can be free. But because he wanted that nut so bad, he wouldn't let go of that nut. And it's the same way that the devil does with the things that have hurt you. You've got in your fist and it means so much to you that you're not going to let go of the nut. Praise God. But you're trapped. All you got to do is let go of that unforgiveness and God can set you free. But you hold on to that nut. Amen. Because, amen, there's something that makes you angry about it. And you want to see that done. There's a man that I know. They will not let him out of prison. He began to date a woman. And he was dating her and she had two daughters. And he had hit the lotto for a small amount. Not a large, too much a large amount. Just a couple hundred thousand. And that's not a large amount, man. We're talking millions in the world today. It's really not a lot. Praise God. Amen. And so he, he had hit it for a couple hundred thousand. And so uh, he had broke up with his girlfriend, and she wanted to share it. He wouldn't share it. So she had convinced her daughter, amen, to, uh, to make accusations against him that he did things to her. And so she did, amen. And so he went to prison. 
Well, they eventually found out that he didn't do it. He, man, and so he, man, they were going to let him out of prison. The problem was he had told people in the prison that when I get out, I'm going to kill her. And now they won't let him out of prison because he said, I will kill her. And because of his anger and hatred towards her, they can't let him out of prison. Although he should be a free man because they don't want him to kill her. I'm telling you, unforgiveness can really put you in a lot of bondage. Let go of the nut, man. Let go of the nut. Come on. Come on, I know it's what you want, but let go of the nut. There are a lot of more nuts out there. If you just let go of the nut, praise the Lord. But no, you're going to hold on to that nut because, amen, it's what you want. Amen. Amen. And so when one has truly forgiven, they relinquish all punishment. I have no bitterness. I have no anger. I have just relinquished it. Praise God. Because you see, forgiveness as, as a door of peace, is like a door of peace and joy. When you truly forgive, you got peace and joy that comes in. And what you're actually saying is, you're actually saying, I am no longer connected to them and what they did. I'm no longer connected. If you struggle with unforgiveness, Start praying and fasting for that person. If you struggle with someone and you're envy of them, start praying and fasting that God will bless them. If you struggle with anybody for any reason whatsoever, you set yourself up a day of fasting and praying for them. And you keep praying for them. And you keep praying for them. If you struggle with envy, you start praying for your whatever. Praise God to be blessed. And God do something. Amen. And when you do, and when you struggle with unforgiveness of someone, you start praying and you start fasting for them. You'll find, praise God, that the Holy Ghost will help you to relinquish. Because I'm telling you, you hear me tonight. You hear me tonight. Your unforgiveness is not doing an ounce of problems for them. But it is destroying you. It is tearing you up. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Forgiveness is a door to peace and joy. It's relinquishing. It's letting it go. It's saying, I'm not living in the past. I'm living in the future. I'm living in the present. Praise God. You know, it's tough when you got to live in the past. People don't want to live in the past. They don't want to live in the past with you. Praise God. And so it's tough to live in the past. You see, the truth is, is we all, the truth is we all need forgiveness. Every one of us needs forgiveness. Amen. We all need, amen, the forgiveness that God can give us. Amen. And we all needed that forgiveness that Christ died for us on Calvary. Amen. You see, God has aspects. 
His, his, his aspects are love, his aspects are mercy, and his aspects are grace. You see, in the scripture text that I read to you from, Jesus said unto him, he said, and when he had begun, he reckoned with one, he brought him to him, and he owed him 10,000 talents. <clears throat> it, the best we can figure in the British terms or, is that he owed him 67,500,000 pounds. That's just as much as the revenue, the annual revenue of the British Empire. This man walks up to his master and he owes him 67,500,000 pounds. And the man says, you got to pay me. And he said unto him, he said, hey man, I can't pay you. And he literally, in the Greek, he fell like a dog on his hands and knees and began to worship him and began to praise him and say, just give me time until I can pay you. He never could pay him. There's no way he'd ever pay him. (coughs) He never had the amount to pay him. But what's his Lord do? His Lord reaches down and he lifts him up and he says, praise God, I'll let you go out and I'll let you work at least the interest. No, he wrote it all off. Wrote it all off. I got to tell you a story. You ready for this story? I work for Tim Reichert. Tim Reichert owns a janitorial company. Praise the Lord. And he calls me one day and he says, I got a doctor's office. I want you to give me a bid on. We're going to do it. I said, okay. He said, I got the bid. I said, okay. For two years, I did this doctor's office, handed Tim Reichert the bill, and he paid me. So one day I'm in this doctor's office, and I notice one of the doctors are emptying their, ga- their garbage can. And I'm like, ooh, this isn't good. So I went to Tim, and I said, Tim, I said, they're emptying the garbage can. Oh, George, we don't have that account. I said, we don't have that account? He said, no. I said, you told me. He said, I forgot. He said, they called me, they took it up, and then about a week later, they called and canceled. I said, Tim, I've been doing them for two years, and you've been paying the bill. He said, George, I just trust you when you give me a bill. I said, don't trust me. I can't trust myself. I said to Tim, I said, wouldn't you love for somebody to pay my gas bill for two years not knowing it? Praise God. But this guy, amen. But this guy, amen, he owed $67,500,000 pounds. I don't know what that is in dollars, but that's probably a lot. It's twice that. Thank you, sir. And he just wrote it off. Think about that wrote it off how grateful could he be how wonderful could he be but the very next verse but in so much as he had not to pay his lord commanded him i'm sorry yeah his lord commanded him okay and then he turns and he finds someone else that owes him let me just give you a thought this guy that owes him Where do you think he got the money from? 
He got it from the guy that just wrote him off. It really wasn't his money. It was the guy that he wrote off, that wrote him off. And as much as he had not to pay his Lord, he commanded him to be sold, his wife and his children and all that he had in the payment to be made. Okay, there, there we go. Amen. The servant fell down at his feet and worshipped him, saying, Lord, we did read that. I'm sorry. So, amen. You see, Christians rejoice in the forgiveness that we receive from God. But we have a problem when it comes from forgiveness that's from our brothers and our sisters. Because when this man turned around, he saw that servant, and he went out and he found his fellow servant, not his master, his fellow servant, that had owed him 100 pence. He owed him three pounds. Now, the other guy owed him 67,500,000 pounds. This guy owed him three pounds. Where do you think, once again, he got the three pounds. He got the three pounds out of the many pounds. But that servant went out and he found his fellow servants which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid his hands on him and he took him by the throat saying, pay me. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and he besought him saying, have patience with me and I'll pay thee all. But he wouldn't. He cast him into prison. Praise God. Then his Lord After that, he had called him and said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee the debt because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou have had compassion on thy fellow servant? I let go 67,500,000 pounds. And you wouldn't let go three? You see, what we owe each other is minor to what we owe to God. And the only forgiveness I can give you is the forgiveness that I can get through God. Praise God. I don't have the ability to forgive myself, let alone to forgive you. My only forgiveness comes from God. Praise God. Amen. My only forgiveness comes from Him. But what's the Lord do? The Lord says unto him, The Lord told him, praise God. The Lord said unto him, and the Lord was wroth, and he delivered him unto the tormentors. Do you know what happens to a person that doesn't have forgiveness? They're tormented. They're not happy. They're not satisfied. They can't get up in the morning and be happy because they're so upset with what somebody's done to them, what somebody said to them. What somebody has done, and it could be something many, many years ago, but the first thing, it comes up in their mind of what somebody did to them. And they're so locked into, this is the way it has to be. No, it doesn't have to be like that. Praise God. The the ability to forgive is a choice. You can say, nope, it's not bothering me anymore. I'm going to totally cut loose from this thing that is constantly dragging like a ball in chain through my whole life. I'm going to get up and I'm going to have life and I'm going to have it more abundantly. I'm not going to allow it to drive me to any kind of an addiction. I'm not going to allow it to drive me to any kind of 
depression. I'm not going to allow it to drive me to the point to where I drive others away from me because I'm just so nasty and I'm not happy and etc. because I cannot forgive or I cannot let go. Let's stand. I want to give you one more thought. I'm not minimizing what was done to you tonight. I'm not doing that. I know that what you might be struggling with with unforgiveness may be a tough thing. But you know, Joseph had a very good thought. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I look at my past. I look at the things people done to me. I look at the things people have said to me. I look at the things that people has done to try to get ahead of me, to destroy me so that I couldn't get nowhere. Praise God. Amen. But Joseph had a really, really good thought. In Genesis chapter 50 and 18, there is no one in the Bible that I know of that would struggle as much as Joseph would do with unforgiveness. His brothers sold him into slavery. His dad never came looking for him. You might say, well, they, he thought he was dead. Joseph didn't know that. His dad never come looking for him. His brothers sold him into slavery. Praise God. He did everything perfect for his master. And he was put into prison. Praise God. You can go on and on and on with what happened to Joseph. But the reason that Joseph wasn't drugged to hell. And the reason that Joseph was able to live in the mind of heaven comes in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 18. And his brethren also, when they found out their father died, they's like, okay, here it comes. Now that our father's dead, our protection is away, and Joseph is going to come and get us for what we did to him. And his brothers also went and fell down before his face and said, behold, we be thy servants. And Joseph said unto them, fear not, for I am I in the place of God? God's going to take care of it all. That was his first good position. But here was his next. But as for you, you thought evil against me. But God meant it unto good. I'm telling you tonight, don't stop. Make what God, the devil, has sent to you for evil and turn it to good. Take that transgression that come against you. Take that thing that you struggle so much that's hurt you and brought you down. Take it and change it and make it good. Understand that all things work to the good of them that love the Lord. And it may be hard to understand why that happened to you. And why God allowed it to come into your life. And why God did what he did to you. But I want you to know something tonight, praise God. And that is you can take that and you can make yourself stronger. 
praise God. And Joseph said, hey, you might have sent it out the door to hurt me. But I've got a God that can take things that will hurt me. And it will make me good. It will help me. Praise God. Because he said, you see, there are blessings in my life right now, right here. I would have never had if it wasn't for that. There are things that God has done that has blessed me so today. I'm telling you tonight, if we get to heaven, we're not going to be able to look God in the face and say it was you that allowed that stuff to happen to me. Praise God, that has destroyed me. No, he'll be able to look at you and he'll say, no, I gave you life and I gave you death. Choose life, praise God. Take and make it the best you can, praise the Lord. Joseph said, you know what? You did it to hurt me. But God allowed it because he knew it was going to make me the man that I am today. I can stand strong. I can be a leader. Uh, and when I, when I look back, it's, I, I could tell you stories that devastated me. I could tell you things that were done to me that could really devastate me. Praise God. But I can also tell you, they made me stronger. Praise God. They made me stronger. Praise the Lord. And Joseph knew that. He knew it. And so can you can know it here tonight. I'm going to open these altars up. And I want you to come. And this is what I want you to do. I want you to say, Lord, forgive my debtors. And forgive me. Lord, forgive my debtors. Lord, search my heart. We used to sing a song. I'm not asking to sing it tonight. But it was a song that said, Please turn the, the searchlight on my soul. And if you find anything that shouldn't be, take it out and strengthen me. Come on tonight, church. Let's not, let's not be weak on coming. we got a revival coming up. Brother David Boley's coming. Amen. When he has an altar call, I'm asking you to come. Come on. I'm talking like a pastor here tonight. Come on. Let's ask God to forgive us. Lord, if I've done anything, forgive me. And in that package, Lord, let me forgive my debts. Praise God as you forgive my debtors. Lord, in your name, free me tonight, Lord. God, don't let me hold on to that night. Lord, let me let go. Praise God. Because I am tied to this thing. Come on, let's sing. Sing it real loud.